the narrator. A Good Omens Podfic, written by Apple Seeds and read by Literarian. Chapter 3 Summary After their fourth date, Aziraphale invites Crowley back to the bookshop. There's a bit of a storm out there. I hope you don't hear too much of that. Also, I'm so looking forward to publishing two versions of this pod. One in finely edited at pristine, as I usually do, and one with all of the commentary, because I think it's so much more fun having it embedded in. And you can let me know what you think about it, yeah? This is what apple seeds fix do to me. I don't know why, but it's only ever hers when I do this and I have a blast. So thanks. After their fourth incredible date, Aziraphale invited Crowley to come back with him after dinner to see his bookshop. As soon as they stepped inside, Crowley felt like he'd been transported back in time. He wasn't really sure what he'd been expecting, but no matter what he might have imagined, the reality was better. The shop had a peaceful and strangely sophisticated ambience, crammed full not just with books, but all manner of intriguing antiques and trinkets. Crowley took a deep breath, inhaling the comforting scent of Biblical. This place is amazing, he said, casting his gaze around before approaching one of the shelves. He scanned his eyes across the titles housed there, an eclectic mix ranging from Mrs. Beaton's Book of Household Management to Machinery's Handbook and A Natural History of Uncommon Birds. Thank you. Feel free to have a look around. Is there anything you'd particularly like to see? I'd ask you to point me to the botany or astronomy section, but I'm getting the impression that sections aren't something you believe in. No doubt to deter customers from successfully finding what they're looking for, thus reducing the risk of them committing the horrifying act of actually purchasing something. If they really want it, they'll be willing to work for it, won't they? Looks like they'll have to, Crowley observed wryly, spotting a book about crocheting next to one about keeping quail. That could be useful, he supposed, if you got some quail and wanted to make them jaunty little hats. That's part of the fun. One never knows what one might stumble across. With everything being digitized now and accessed through search engines, it's not the same. It's harder to discover something by way of a happy accident. Yeah, okay, that's actually a good point. Can be nice to try something different. Crowley picked up a book about 17th century herbalism and started flicking through it. Like when you started listening to audiobooks? From what you've said, you didn't think you would enjoy them, did you? No, you're right. And I wouldn't have listened if you weren't the one reading them, but some of those stories were actually really good. Well, I'm quite selective about what I do. So, if someone asked you to narrate a book and you read it and didn't like it, 
You'd refuse? Of course, although not only for my own benefit. It wouldn't be fair to them either. You wouldn't want a narrator who wasn't truly invested in the book's content. Good point. Crowley slid the book back into its random position on the shelf. Your passion certainly comes across in what you do. Aziraphale studied him suspiciously. Crowley did well to feign innocence for a good few seconds before he finally gave in and winked at him. Aziraphale laughed softly, the flush on his cheeks noticeable even in the low illumination inside the bookshop. Crowley had learned over the course of their dates so far that Aziraphale enjoyed it when he teased him, and he could certainly give as good as he got. Aziraphale shuffled closer and settled his hands on Crowley's waist, leaning in to softly press their lips together. Crowley wrapped his arms around him, the two of them sharing a tender, albeit brief, kiss before Aziraphale stepped back. Would you like to come upstairs? Aziraphale asked a little bashfully. Crowley's pulse quickened with excitement. Yeah, I'd love to. Thanks. Aziraphale smiled warmly and gestured towards the spiral staircase leading up to the second level of the bookshop and, beyond it, Aziraphale's flat. As he proceeded up the stairs, holding on to the ornate handrail for support, Crowley wished he'd let Aziraphale go ahead of him. It would have been a very nice view. Although, if that's why Aziraphale had gestured for him to go ahead, Crowley wasn't about to complain. Through here, Crowley checked when he reached the top of the stairs, although as far as he could tell, there was only one door. Not that he would put it past Aziraphale to have some kind of secret passageway hidden behind a set of bookshelves or something. Yes, that's right. Go on through. The living room is immediately on your left. Crowley did as instructed, snorting a laugh when he stepped into the living room and found it to be practically a mirror image of the bookshop downstairs, although with possibly even more books per square inch were such a thing even possible. Is this your private collection? He teased. Part of it. Wait until you see my bedroom, Aziraphale replied casually, triggering a rush of excitement in Crowley's gut. It was Crowley's turn to eye him suspiciously. He'd been subjected to Aziraphale's flirting quite a few times by now, and Aziraphale often managed to do it so casually so innocently that he left Crowley wondering whether he hadn't even meant it how it had sounded. The more time they'd spent together, though, Crowley had come to realize it was always intentional and it never failed to render him speechless. Would you like something to drink? 
I have a very nice bottle of Chateau Neuf du Pape I've been saving for a special occasion. Uh, yeah, thanks. Sounds good. All right, make yourself comfortable. I'll be right back. Crowley flopped down onto Aziraphale's sofa, which looked like it must have been as old as the bookshop itself. It was surprisingly comfortable and had presumably been reupholstered more recently. The steady thrum of exhilaration and anticipation settled itself deep in Crowley's gut as he waited for Aziraphale to return. To occupy himself in the meantime, he picked up the book on the top of the pile on the coffee table. The Picture of Dorian Gray by Oscar Wilde The book had a bookmark slotted in amongst its pages, worn leather with tassels, so Aziraphale was presumably currently reading it, although it seemed likely that Aziraphale would read multiple books concurrently perhaps even one or two in every room. Crowley turned it over and began to read the summary on the back cover. Interested in Oscar Wilde, are you? Aziraphale asked as he came back into the room, setting the bottle of wine and two glasses down on the table before joining him on the sofa. Crowley shrugged. He couldn't have anybody thinking he'd suddenly taken an interest in literature. Just curious. That's one of my favorites. I've read it many times. I thoroughly recommend it. Crowley squinted at the description and pulled an unimpressed face. Unless you've done the audiobook for this too, then I think I'll give it a miss. Thanks. As you please. Aziraphale poured Crowley a glass of wine and handed it to him. Crowley waited for Aziraphale to pour his own glass, sharing a toast with him before taking a sip. It was delicious, far better than the wine Crowley tended to drink, but he'd learned pretty quickly that Aziraphale had high standards. What he was doing dating Crowley was a mystery. Crowley moved to set the book back on the table, but Aziraphale took it from him and rested it on his lap. I could read some of it to you if you'd like. You're a master of temptation, do you know that? Oh, I do hope so, Aziraphale replied, cradling Crowley's face with his unoccupied hand and leaning in to kiss him softly again. Pass me my reading glasses, would you? Crowley scanned the cluttered coffee table until he spotted a glasses case, reaching out for it and handing it over. Aziraphale set his wine down and opened the case, taking out a pair of vintage reading glasses and perching them on the bridge of his nose. Crowley experienced an unexpected and mildly overwhelming pulse of arousal deep in his gut. Half of his blood rushing to the surface of his skin and the other half to his groin. He swallowed and looked away, taking a moment to regain his composure. Crowley, are you all right? 
Mm-hmm. Crowley pressed his lips together and took a deep breath before turning back to Aziraphale. Fine, he mumbled, sounding a bit croaky. Are you sure? Is something wrong? No, 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 definitely not. Not at all. Aziraphale didn't look convinced. Another thing Crowley had learned was that Aziraphale was incredibly perceptive, but unfortunately, whenever he perceived that somebody was in some way out of sorts, tended to worry that he might be responsible for it. After talking about his family, especially his asshole of an older brother, Crowley wasn't entirely surprised that Aziraphale would feel so anxious. He had such a good heart, and Crowley had promised himself that he would endeavour to always be as honest as he could with him. Then what is it? Aziraphale asked quietly, fiddling with the tassels on the end of his bookmark. You look really hot. Crowley's voice was rough and deep, and he licked his lips as his gaze travelled over Aziraphale's face and those stupid, insanely hot little reading glasses. Aziraphale breathed out a self-conscious laugh. <laughs> You're teasing me. You don't really believe that, do you? Crowley asked softly, setting his own wine glass down and shuffling closer, trailing soft kisses along Aziraphale's jawline before claiming his lips with his own. Aziraphale hummed with pleasure, intensifying Crowley's steadily building arousal. A thought suddenly occurred to him and he sucked in a breath. Wait! All those books you narrated that I listened to, were you wearing these glasses while you were recording? Yes. Crowley closed his eyes and flopped his head back on the sofa cushion, making an almost pained groaning sound. Ah, right, give me a minute to update my mental imagery. You've been picturing me while you've been listening? Yeah, is that okay? Of course it is. I like that you've been thinking about me. So, can I tempt you to a little Oscar Wilde? Crowley grinned and shook his head, recognizing that he was well and truly beaten. Yeah, go on then. Aziraphale did a delighted little wiggle, and Crowley sunk his teeth into his bottom lip. He picked up his wine glass again, needing something to occupy his hands to help him resist the temptation to reach out and touch Aziraphale. Aziraphale began reading, and Crowley settled in comfortably with a dreamy smile on his face. His heart was beating so hard and fast that he could not only feel it, he could faintly hear it pulsating in his ears. He wasn't really concentrating on the story. 
Not that it would have made much sense anyway, as Aziraphale had picked up where he'd left off, rather than going back to the beginning. Instead, just focusing on savouring the experience of listening to Aziraphale reading life, watching the movement of his soft, tempting hands and lips, the way his voice and expression shifted with the mood of the story. He was absolutely enchanting. The coat that Charles of Orléans once wore, on the sleeves of which were embroidered the verses of a song beginning Madame, je suis tout joyeux. The musical accompaniment of the words being wrought in the gold thread and each note of square shape in those days formed with four pearls. The sound of Aziraphale speaking just a few words in French was enough to make Crowley feel like he was on fire. He studied Aziraphale hungrily for a moment as he continued with the story, before returning his wine glass to the coffee table. He lightly rested his hand on Aziraphale's thigh, and Aziraphale's flawless reading faltered slightly. He glanced up, smiling at Crowley, before carrying on with the story. Encouraged, Crowley gently squeezed Aziraphale's thigh and began pressing soft kisses to his cheek, before moving lower, lavishing attention on the strip of exposed skin above his collar. Aziraphale released a shaky breath and made a quiet, approving sound, tilting his head slightly to improve Crowley's access to his neck. Aziraphale attempted to keep reading, but when Crowley slid his hand a little higher up his thigh, Aziraphale's breathing hitched and he audibly swallowed. Am I to interpret this attempt at distraction as your means of conveying your disapproval of my reading? Aziraphale asked lightly, his voice a little rough. No, don't stop, Crowley whispered urgently in his ear. You're making it difficult to concentrate. Aziraphale responded breathlessly, cradling the back of Crowley's head and drawing him into a kiss. Crowley pouted when he pulled away. But if Oscar Wilde isn't to your taste, perhaps I could find something else that is. I'm really not complaining, Crowley protested, but Aziraphale had already set the bookmark into position and was placing the book down on the coffee table. He rose from the sofa and approached one of the numerous bookcases around the room, bending down to retrieve something from one of the lower shelves. Crowley watched with rapt attention, the sight of Aziraphale bent over, stoking his arousal even more. Here we are. How about this? Aziraphale cradled the book close to his body as he approached the sofa, waiting until he sat down before turning it around for Crowley to see. Forged. Ooh.
You did say that you enjoyed it. Crowley swallowed thickly. Um, yeah. Would you like me to read some of it to you? Which parts? Crowley asked breathlessly, his whole body feeling like it was on fire. A palpable sense of tension and anticipation hung in the air, and Crowley felt like he was suffocating under the force of it, but it was absolutely exquisite. Perhaps something passionate? Aziraphale suggested, and Crowley made a squeaky noise. Aziraphale flicked through the book, stopping when he apparently found something he was satisfied with. Ah, this will do nicely. Aziraphale shuffled even closer to Crowley, resting the book with the spine between them. Crowley gave him a quizzical look. Will you do something for me, please, my dear? Anything. Would you be willing to read Anthony's lines of dialogue, please? Because I share his name? Crowley asked lightly, secretly thrilled. He liked the idea that Aziraphale wanted to listen to him read too, and intended to do as good a job as he could. It seems appropriate, doesn't it? Yeah, okay. You're not going to tell me your middle name is Zachary now, are you? Crowley asked, having noticed Aziraphale's initials both on the business card he'd given him when they'd first met and on the sign above the bookshop when they'd arrived this evening. Aziraphale smiled and shook his head. It's actually Zebediah. Oh, wow, you weren't exaggerating about your religious parents, were you? I'm afraid not. So, would you be willing? I rather like the idea of you reading to me, he admitted, and Crowley's chest pulsed with warmth. Yeah, of course. Won't be as good as you, though, obviously. I'm sure you'll be wonderful. Crowley scoffed, feeling a little self-conscious. Thanks, Okay, you start. All right. Aziraphale paused for a second, presumably taking a moment to get into his narration mindset before he began to read. The cold night air penetrated the abandoned, dilapidated stables, the wind whipping against poorly patched shutters, howling all around them as if in vehement protest of this act of defiance and liberation. Harsh rain pelted against wood and stone as though it were the substance of divine purification summoned to wash away their sin. Antony mounted the torch in a rotten old sconce, its flames illuminating the stable, casting light on its dereliction, crumbling and neglected, as the truth had been in Zachary's heart. Until tonight. The thrill of anticipation rendered him almost delirious, every instinct within him whispering to abandon all sense of propriety, to bear himself, to touch and be touched. 
a raindrop rolled down his spine. Zachary shivered. Come here, I need to remove your clothing. You are soaked through to your skin. Crowley looked Aziraphale right in the eye as he read the line, adopting a soft tone laced with desire. He carefully observed Aziraphale's response, the quickening of his breath, the bob of his throat as he swallowed, and wondered how much it could be attributed to Aziraphale simply immersing himself into the role and how much of it was due to the effect Crowley was having on him. Thank you. I understand the need for discretion, that we must ensure we are not discovered, but the temperature was certainly more agreeable beside the furnace. I will keep you warm, I promise. Even the storm raging outside could not mask the rasping sound of Zachary's rapid breaths as Anthony slowly unfastened the cloak from around his shoulders, draping it over his arm and carrying it to one of the hooks on the wall whereupon tools were once mounted. He moved so slowly, with such poise and grace, incongruous with the rapid rhythm of Zachary's heart, the fierceness of the desperation burning within him. Zachary followed the movement of Antony's eyes, shimmering in the torchlight as they appraised him as one does a banquet, determining with which delicacy to begin the feast. His gaze settled on Zachary's throat, Antony's hands gliding up his chest before coming to rest there. Zachary's breathing quickened further as Antony purposefully loosened his cravat. Crowley placed his hand lightly over Aziraphale's ribs, skimming up over his chest and gently taking hold of one end of his bow tie. He raised his eyebrows, silently questioning. Aziraphale nodded to indicate his approval for Crowley to continue. Crowley kept his movements slow and deliberate, gently tugging on the end of the silky material to undo it before pulling it free from Aziraphale's collar, never once breaking eye contact with him as he did so. Aziraphale cleared his throat and dipped his head, returning his attention to the book, while with each line he read, Crowley tried to emulate the events in the story. Crowley unfastened the buttons of Aziraphale's shirt, fervently kissed his neck, and, after a quick glance at the text to commit his lines to memory, murmured Antony's words of encouragement and adoration right in Aziraphale's ear. Crowley could no longer doubt that Aziraphale's responses were due to his actions, his soft moans and ragged breaths fueling the fire raging within him. When they reached the part of the scene where Antony pulled Zachary down onto a bale of straw on top of him, 
Crowley paused for a second to consider potential logistics. Aziraphale's eyes widened as Crowley lifted the book and set it down on the sofa cushion beside him, raising his eyebrow in silent invitation. Aziraphale licked his lips and moved to straddle him in one eager, fluid motion. Crowley grabbed his hips and tugged him forward, making Aziraphale gasp and reflexively thrust against him. The weight of Aziraphale above his confined erection made Crowley ache for more, tightening his grasp on Aziraphale's hips to hold him in place. Aziraphale tugged the book a little closer. Anthony's fingertips skimmed over Zachary's chest, leaving scorching trails in their wake. His touch moved inexorably lower. Reverence and devotion seared into Zachary's skin, Anthony's palms coming to rest low on his stomach, intensifying the desperate ache thrumming within him. Zachary's muscles drew taut, tense like a bowstring, as he held himself in a state of blissfully agonizing anticipation. Crowley held himself still too, resisting the urge to thrust upwards as he opened Aziraphale's shirt, purposefully tugging the fabric aside as though it affronted him, licking his lips hungrily as he ran his hand down over Aziraphale's chest and stomach before bringing it to rest just above the waistband of his trousers. Aziraphale's breaths were coming as ragged gasps now, and Crowley could feel his heart thumping hard beneath his sternum. Aziraphale rolled his hips and moaned deeply. Please, please, Anthony, please touch me. Aziraphale read, a desperate plea, his voice laden with arousal. The words may not have been meant for him, but Crowley was undeniably affected by hearing Aziraphale say his name like that, his own heart racing, his body crying out for him to touch, to wrap his hand around the hardness now pressing against his belt. Crowley flexed his hand against Aziraphale's stomach, calling Aziraphale to visibly shudder. Please, Anthony, please touch me, Aziraphale repeated, the words forced out between shaky breaths. Please, I need you to touch me, please. Crowley swallowed thickly. That wasn't in the book. He sucked in a breath and slipped his hand lower, grazing over the bulge in Aziraphale's trousers. Aziraphale moaned and pressed into his touch, before once again fumbling for the book. No, no, please, stop reading now, I can't. Crowley urged, seizing Aziraphale's wrist and moving his hand away from the book. 
Crowley parted his lips and thrust his hips up against Aziraphale, making him moan against his mouth. Crowley broke the kiss, sliding his hand up over Aziraphale's nape and into his hair, gently tugging to encourage Aziraphale to tilt his head. Aziraphale readily complied, granting Crowley access to his neck. Crowley eagerly took advantage, lavishing attention on every exposed patch of skin. Aziraphale moaned with pleasure, the sounds he was making becoming deeper and more desperate as Crowley palmed him through his trousers. Oh, Crowley. Oh my god, that's incredible. Hearing you say my name like that, Crowley murmured in his ear, his voice deep and rough. Let's move this to the bedroom, yeah? If you can negotiate your way around all my books, Aziraphale joked breathlessly. Can do this against a bookshelf if you want, Crowley growled in his ear. You certainly know how to tempt me. Aziraphale gasped as Crowley applied a little more pressure with his hand. But you're making me dizzy. I don't think I could keep myself upright. Although that might not be so bad. I'm sure I could have lots of fun were I to fall to my knees in front of you. Fuck, angel. Would you like that? Shit, fuck, yes, of course. <sighs> I'm sure I'll make plenty of very nice sounds for you when I have you in my mouth. He whispered teasingly, making Crowley whimper. He wished he was strong enough to lift Aziraphale up and carry him to the bedroom, overwhelmed with intense arousal now. Aziraphale shuffled backwards, standing up and holding his hand out towards Crowley, a heated expression on his face. Crowley took his hand and allowed himself to be pulled up off the sofa and into another breathtaking kiss. Aziraphale released him for a moment and gently grasped the frame of his reading glasses. Crowley hurriedly seized his wrists to stop him. No, 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 leave them on, he urged. Aziraphale smiled and complied with Crowley's request, gently taking his hand and leading him to the bedroom, where Crowley would soon discover that those thrilling erotic sounds Aziraphale had been making in his audiobooks were absolutely nothing compared to the real thing. The End <laughs> 